0: Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information and on to the episode. Free Pizza, your platform for creative. Today we have an absolute legend in here. Well, not in here, he's in Brooklyn. But uh are, no, you're are you in Brooklyn? yep okay you're in Brooklyn oh good guess on me yeah Eric <laughs> Brooklyn Orlando Assange what's up brother
1: it's good how's
0: it going it's going so well man I'm so privileged and honored to talk to you uh, it's a mad inspiration you know I'm a photographer as well so I forgot how we got connected I'm sure it was through Instagram but I've been following your work for a long time and it is so good so I'm, I'm so happy you're here
1: Wow, thanks for having me, man. This is this is dope, and I want to be a part of it for sure.
0: Absolutely, and you're a photographer and cinematographer, and you do some graphic design as well. I guess you got you kind of got your start in graphic design, well, via, uh, via your resume, right?
1: Yeah, via my resume is definitely uh, starting graphic design, but I would say like you know this art path has like definitely started just from drawing, just like just simple artistic drawing um, and just drawing real life and that that that's like really my first passion was just drawing
0: oh that's super yeah. dope so let's, let's go back you're you're from south carolina
1: <laughs> yep originally born and raised in south carolina um greer greer to be exact like taylor's area okay uh, and yeah i've been there my whole life like my family is all still down there as well
0: that's dope that's dope and i'm in north carolina so i'm not terribly far from you i was telling you before we got started that i've been there like one time but i can't remember when um that's super dope so I guess drawing is it was your first passion so when did that kind of start
1: um i think that honestly i think that started just from uh being being to myself a lot mm. honestly like i spent a lot of time just like having a bunch of free time and just drawing and that used to be my first way to like keep my mind like active and just keep me active um my mom, like, in the neighborhood that we grew up in, like, I didn't have, like, too many friends growing up. Like, she would, like, I had, like, a little Tykes basketball goal, and we would have <laughs> it on the porch, on the breezeway, on the second floor, and she would be like, you can only bring one friend up there, like, because she don't want to have, like, the whole kids in the neighborhood <laughs> playing on our, like, porch, so. <laughs> I had, like, one close friend, so, like, when I wasn't playing basketball, I was drawing, like, drawing because I didn't have a TV back then, no internet or nothing. Oh, so. yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: understand that. <laughs> How old are you? Um 31. Okay, we're about I'm 30 years old. We're probably about the same age so you we're back in the day where I didn't have internet either <laughs> for a long yeah. time. That's crazy. So um so I got to ask, what were you drawing? Was it Dragon Ball Z characters? Uh
1: I have drawn Dragon Ball Z characters in the day. Yes. But honestly, it was uh I think I still have some of my old drawings for real. Like I just save them because it's it just amazes me like looking back then because you can sort of see the progression of like when it happens. But back then, like I drew like everybody else, and but I I would draw like Michael Jackson or I would I would draw a lot of portraits. That's dope. And I think like that's what um like I was a huge Shaq and Jordan fan, so I would draw like Shaq jordan uh, michael jackson just like major celebrities like or like try to draw some cartoons or like mortal kombat (laughs) yeah
0: that's super dope man that's awesome you got your start in uh in drawing so i got obviously that developed throughout the years so did you take any art classes like in high school middle school
1: yeah so middle school as i was going through middle school um i had went to this after school like arms program it's called the, um can't believe I'm blanking on the name, but it's called the ARMS program, and they had this after-school, like, uh, uh, art program where they would basically uh, bring you in there, and you would have to try out for it, so, like, that was another thing that made me nervous. They gave you, like, a still life, and then from there, they gave you an assessment, and so once you get accepted to it, they, like, basically um, just explore other areas of art, so they have, like, a drawing um like a drawing uh, session at a point of time, and just teaching you more techniques with that. They would do pottery as well, um, maybe a little bit of painting, but mainly like drawing and like pottery. It was, it was a really you know like, eye-opening experience, and it yeah opened my eyes up to more about the arts and and wanted making me want to draw more honestly. And I think at the time, I actually had a passion to be a, a animator. Oh,
0: yeah, that's dope. So I guess we as you got older, did you get more TV, more internet <laughs> access to where you could see a lot more of animations that was going on?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, I guess back then I was only watching cartoons. uh I I was always intrigued. I never knew the actual process of it. Mm. So once I just like got older and like learned more about it and just how much like. Pay- like sort of meticulous time is going to each drawing and like so much drawing over and over. I think it sort of turned me away from that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the, the main passion was, uh, like Disney or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm thinking of, you know, you got your, well, obviously you got that Looney tunes and there's all that kind of stuff. So that's freaking dope. Um, obviously, so you went through high school and college or, um, middle school and high school. I guess when you got to college is when you got of course the graphic design type of introduction.
1: Yeah, um and I would tra- I'll probably back up a little bit before that. It was getting close to end of high school and I was looking around like what is the route from here? Mm-hmm. like what's next? And I didn't know um, I guess all through like um let me let me actually take a little step back from that as well and in, in school you know, I was sort of getting in into graphic design without even knowing it. Mm. You know, this was like the mixtape era. Oh. So everybody was listening to mixtapes and I was seeing like these dope mixtape cover designs and I'm like, yo, how are they doing this? So I think around that, by that time, I was already had access to a computer. So YouTube was like popping off a little bit. So you could like figure out yep. a little bit of information about how this was done. So as I like figured out how to make, album cover art is weird. I'm like, I'm like learning how to make these CDs and learning how to do graphic design without even knowing what it, that it was actually called graphic design. <laughs> so I'm just like, yo, like I like sort of, um, so like I had, I like connected the dots like backwards. Like, you know, like I figured out how to do something and then I found out what it was actually called. And then at, when I finally graduated they were like, oh, we got this graphic design course and like drawing one. I'm, and I'm mainly seeing drawing one in there because I'm like, oh, snap, like I can get back to drawing, like I can continue drawing. So yes, graphic design is what I want to do. And yeah. while I'm in class, like every single day, I'm just having like like the epiphany, like, oh my God, like I already know this. Like the yeah. teachers t- tell me a new technique and I'm like, yes, like I-, I know this. And so like I'm a little bit quick, but um. Uh, the schooling like helped connect the dots that i just didn't know the specific terms or the actual literal um i couldn't speak the language the design language so right um, right in school it just helped connect the dots and i i honestly just um took flight like super easy from that like,
0: oh man i love yeah. that you hit your i love you hit that stride in high school that's super dope to hear so you hear that you got you went into class and all that, you know, like, oh, this is crazy. This is like exactly what I want to do. I know exactly what's going on. Just go to college and maybe further this, further this education.
1: Yeah. Cause honestly, I was one of the kids that was probably drawn in class, like majority. So it was <laughs> always like,
0: <laughs> like all throughout math yeah. classes, English class, you just sitting there just dueling on, on your notepad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I saved some of those sketches, too. I can, like, pull up, like, sketch, like, old notebooks, and I'm like, oh, I'm saving that. Like, I just (laughs) ripped it off my notebook, and it's just, like, this dope piece of art on it. (laughs) That's Would you
0: usually draw or whatever, what, what you saw in class, or just what was in your head?
1: Uh, I think majority was just in my head. Like, if I'm in class, it's going to be more, like, cartoon style. Yeah. But if I'm, like, really sitting down, like, taking my time, drawing, it would probably be more realistic, and I'm using, like, a photo reference for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's hype. That's hype. So, cool. So, you you, you found out what you wanted to do in high school. You found your passion, found what you liked. So, how was it finding a route for that, I guess, as far as college? Did you want to go to university or did you want to go to the technical college
1: um again like probably funds were low back then right so i i was at least i was good enough in school to get um the hope scholarship yeah so that was a big like thing that um that really helped me out so Immediately, my first thought was going to, like, the Art Institute of, like, Atlanta mm-hmm. or, like, an Art Institute-type school or Savannah School of Art and Design. Oh, yeah, when yep. I saw those prices, I'm like, how in the world can I f- – I can't afford this. So um, the next best thing was, oh, I know I could get, like, a free ride at, like, Spartanburg Community College or, you know, this Hope Scholarship is going to take me far at Greenville Technical College. Mm-hmm. So end up going there, and everything just – you know everything fell into place like it should yeah. um and everything was paid for through that scholarship honestly like i see, didn't have to put too much money towards it
0: see that's so hype and i want to say that you know obviously this podcast interview will be up for forever but if you're listening to this and deciding where to go as far as college community colleges are so underrated there's so they're 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 there's so much cheaper you get the same education if not better education better yeah okay exactly i have a lot of friends who are doing fantastic right now when community colleges they're like dude i love that i chose this over university so I'm, I'm so happy to hear that
1: yes yes um later in my career i would learn how much better the community college experience was they they basically breed you to or they basically teach you to be as your own designer and to be able to know a little bit of everything about being an actual freelance designer if you would like to after school
0: yeah yeah like yeah like even even the business side
1: yeah they touched upon a business side I I still have one of my business books from there they have contracts in there you know they walk you through a little bit of everything and I was like whoa like I didn't understand it back then like how much you know how much knowledge I was just getting Like, like I just applaud them like honestly that's, yeah, so,
0: that's so, So, yeah. did you stay on a graphic? Cause I am always want to hear when you got into photography as well, but did you stay on the graphic design curriculum there? Did you find photography there? How, how'd that work?
1: So I had, yeah, I, I stayed on the graphic design curriculum and I think I had like one of those classes where I could, Oh yeah, I'm gonna take photography one, mm. uh, one-on-one and that was black and white, uh, 35 millimeter black and white film photography and you yes. get to learn how to develop and print your own photos. And that was sort of my first real taste of photography because prior to, prior to uh, being in school and wanting to take photography, uh, I guess I brought this up a little bit late, but I skateboard, as you know.
0: Yes, I do know. Yes.
1: So coming from skateboarding, you see people in magazines with cameras, mm. video cameras. So that, like, growing up, I've always sort of had like a camera because of that, or like wanted to wanted to record myself like skateboarding, get footage, um, and I think that's what pushed the whole, you know, learning how to do this video production on my own, learning how to <clears throat> shoot uh, photos and. And stuff on the side and trying to learn about it but i really didn't again like you only be able to i mean you can only like talk to yourself or like find information on the internet so when you actually go to school you can connect all the dots that you always had these questions about yes and that's what black and white uh film had did for me so i'll never forget um i want to shout out blake prater he was like the og like photo teacher and i remember the first day he was like you know a lot of people think this is going to be like a easy hey class <laughs> this is not that class like he was ready to flunk people like soon. and then he like gave a look around the classroom and everything and i'm like whoa man like what's going on in here like i had to like meet up with him at the class and said like man my name's Orlando. like i really enjoy photography blah, blah blah and i'm like you know i'm gonna do my best in this class and like make it happen and end up passing that class with flying colors. So that like, that like gave me a whole lot of motivation because that next year I ended up being a work study form. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's dope. So yeah, explain to us how that, what you did there, how that work. So I think at the time I think at the time I was probably working a skate skateshot job on the side. And I think the opportunity came up to be like, hey, would you like to work-study for, um, for here as well? And you'll, you will be the work-study for the, the film, uh, the beginner 35-millimeter uh, development. So I would, I would break down the dark room, you know, set it up clean help um, kids with when they're like praying their first photos and stuff like that. And uh, basically when the teacher's not there, like honestly, like Blake, again, he's a very intimidating teacher. <laughs> so a lot of that time, like students would come straight to me and they'd be like, yo, d- did I do this right? Like, what what do I need to change to make it better? And I'm like, uh, let me see, uh, you're gonna have to go back in there and do that. Like, so I would try to get them before uh, Blake <laughs> comes in there and just destroys there. <laughs> their image so uh that's dope man yeah so like i learned like i i I, honestly like that school was really dope and i was like yeah work studied there so that was that was cool being involved so like i know faculty there um that we still connect um same um there's so many like dope people there that just like want to see like really awesome people succeed and they, they push him um and shane he's like the head of the department over there like he's been killing it over there for like a, a long time
0: man that's yeah. super dope man man that's just that's, that's super inspiring man that's awesome i never got to take a photo class when i was a uh, younger i wish i did and a lot of friends who are photography are like you need to go back to photo school i'm like i'm not going back now I will just learn from you guys, you know, <laughs> but I'm so jealous of people who got to, you know, take photo classes. So that, that's super dope. And obviously it was very, uh, beneficial to your future.
1: <laughs> yes, most definitely. Like after I did the 35 mil um, photography, I was like, Hey, now I can, now I can invest in that DSLR. Cause I feel like I know what I'm doing. Like, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole process. a whole thing, the thing I would love to jump back in, uh, developing my own film but that dark room was like you need space for that like yeah, i don't dude. i don't want those chemical smells or nothing like no nope. crib like
0: like i follow a lot of film photographers on instagram who have the whole kitchen set up and i'm just like bruh i can't do it
1: yeah <laughs> i've done and black and white and all that dude. chemicals like i don't know how to dispose of that stuff like i don't want to Exactly. I mean, I'm not supposed to pour it in the dream.
0: Like. Exactly. And I, I developed black and white one time, my friend Tommy. Shout out to Tommy if you're listening to this. And it took, it, we had, I had like five rolls. It took all day long to develop those. Five rolls? rolls? Yes. Oh, man. I mean, it took literally. you do it two. one at a time? Yes, one at a time. I uh... <laughs> hung, up, hung up in the bathroom and went back and did the net. Dude, it took all. And then we had to scan them, and that took forever. I was like, I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> Oh man, so that that's dope man. So obviously graphic design and photo kind of go together. so when you graduated, did you want to just focus on those things or you know what was uh, what was the uh, plan after you graduated?
1: Uh, so the plan after I graduated um, we were in exit portfolio and Shane was having us put together our portfolios. It was mainly for me it was mainly consisted of graphic design. I maybe I didn't I don't think I had any photography in there really. Um, uh, but again, graphic design goes hand in hand with photography, because you learned about, um, uh, all the terms of graphic design, uh, flow line, you know, uh, just how to talk about your image. And, you know, you did that in black and white photography as well. I mean, and 35 and photography one-on-one as well, you know, we would get up and present our work as well. Mm. Uh, so... That was just something I kept on the side from there. And when we were developing our exit portfolios, Shane had always talked about this company called EPN Company.
0: Mm.
1: Or at the time, it was called Irwin Penland. He's like, you know, it was a full service agency, and it was the largest in Greenville, South Carolina. Largest in South Carolina at the time, I believe, as well. Uh, One of the main clients they had was Verizon. So he would always speak about that. As being like you know the top tier place that you would want to work for, mm-hmm. and he would always speak and and uh, you know try to be a you know not telling everybody can get in there just because you're like taking this class. You may have to work a few years at a smaller agency, work your way up, build your portfolio, and then sort of present to an agency like that to get an actual position there as a graphic designer. So always oh, saw that company as like the Holy grail. And when I ended up developing my portfolio and getting that ready, I checked out their website and I saw that they had a internship. So I was like, Oh, cover letter, you know, yep. Uh, portfolio. Yep. I already, already got this. Yeah, I might well. good. yeah. So I applied for it. I ended up getting a call back from it. And phew, my mind was just like, like wow like this is insane uh i remember going there <laughs> funniest thing i, I went there and like i've never really been to an interview before oh wow! Uh, the only thing i've ever done as an interview well you know coming from a black family you know um my mom is like you better wear that suit when you go there <laughs> to get that interview <laughs> so <laughs> Yes. i go to an advertising interview in like a full suit like down to a t and and honestly i'm getting interviewed by like a creative director like one of the the leads of the internship and like an account person as well so it's like it's really intense yeah but like i i figure out like oh snap he's a creative he's a graphic designer basically so then i just start speaking graphic design to him to show how much i'm uh, you know, just to show how much I know in this field and how, how I would be such a good fit. Uh, interview went great. He ended up showing me the graphic design studio space afterwards. And, mm. you know, I felt like I killed it. And they ended up offering me the position as an intern.
0: That is insane. Was your mind kind of blown? I mean, obviously you were prepared for it, but like, were you still like, wow, this is this is pretty crazy of how streamlined this kind of is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think my mom realized how big that was. But yeah. Shane Howe was the the person, you know, like I was like, hey, I actually called up there and they called me back and he's like, What? No way. Like, <laughs> like that's insane. Uh so yeah, I was I was really super excited to tell him. So then then all of a sudden I just became, you know, the first like one of the one of the few people that sort of got a foot in the door over there, so that ended up turning to a full-time position. And I've been with that agency ever since. I
0: say 2011 when you started there, right? And now you're you're yeah. still currently with them, just in the New York office. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, just kind of like give us the highlights of because obviously you've done a, a lot of work for them. So I mean, you started as an intern. And then kind of maybe guide us through there to kind of where you are now.
1: So starting out, actually, so the internship went over. We had a good time. Um, honestly, that I used that intern to, like, uh, just to talk to everybody mm. as much as possible. Like, I wanted to be that annoying person that, like, <laughs> like I even... Like they said, yo, you can like shadow anybody. I was like, all right, I want to shadow the president of the company. <laughs> like, no
0: way, no way.
1: So I remember like emailing him or like talking to him and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I can't really shadow, let you shadow, but like we can set up some time together. We can talk to the whole group. So like I was the, the one that sort of stepped around and like tried to make those connections early. So by the end of it, like everybody knew me. Um, so it wasn't... Um, it wasn't that crazy for me to like actually get on. And when I, I remember like the last few weeks, I was super nervous. I was like, "Is there a position open? Like, I'm, I'm trying to, because I have nothing at this point. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do after this." So yeah, yeah, I think I waited probably about two weeks, and they ended up bringing me back on.
0: Oh, so the internship so. ended, and you wait a two week gap. So in that gap, where you was like, were you applying to other places? Like, what was going on?
1: I was trying to apply to other places and I was like getting no phone calls, oh. no nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, I was thinking about going back to the skate shop job. He had moved that back into the skate park, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on.
0: Uh, oh my god! But I just
1: knew it was something. I knew I had made an impression. I'm like, I, I know something's going to come of that.
0: So, dang, that's luckily uh,
1: they end up calling me back. I started out on the mid-shift as a graphic designer. And what mid-shift is, is you would basically come in around like noon and you would probably go home about eight mm. or whenever the job was done. Oh so my. sometimes that meant like 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. Holy you basically Lord. got the, the, the scraps of the day. Like if anything messed up in the beginning of the day, the mid-shift team can take care of it, fix it and make it better. A majority of that stuff was uh versioning out uh, uh it was like verizon uh newspaper ads yeah so the the creative director would come to you and be like here's what the ads look like we made this size this size and this size we we have sheets of like all these different publications that these ads have to fit to so you have to so you start learning how to resize to all these different publications. These sizes, there's some publications that are exactly those size, and there are a lot of them that are not. So then you have to, like, all right, well, this is a rectangle, this one's a rectangle, so I can, like, start here and, and start, like, moving stuff around and make it fit. So you would do that and send them in, and, like, eventually you get really good at that and you have no problems uh, or you're good at checking other people's work. And that's what happened. Like I became like a, I ended up becoming a leader on one of those. So I would like end up checking other people's work because I just knew that process really well. Yeah. And I guess that's my sort of technical side. Like, um, you know, I don't like doing stuff like the same thing over and over. So I start streamlining stuff and like finding quicker ways to do stuff. And like, that's where I started like excelling in that position because it just became like, all right, well, like I, I know this, like I can knock out all these three because these are remotely the same. So, you know, I would do the, those sizes and like knock them out, boom. Like, and I'll just be super fast at it because yeah, just streamline it. Um, oh
0: my God, that's so incredible.
1: So after that, um, yeah, just becoming a leader on that and moving to the daytime shift and continuing to work on that. Okay. But on the back end, I'm still skateboarding. I'm still for doing photography. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I want to I'm, and I'm still, like, shooting, like, my own skate videos, like, little skate park edits. Right. Because I'm still skating at the skate park. He said I can get in for free. I'm skating every day. So he said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that, if you were able to work on your own stuff outside, and obviously you are. So, how oh my God. How was you a part of always is using your creative brain all the time? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's it's weird. Like it doesn't I mean it they both drain the same amount of your creative brain, but I always had energy to do something for a personal project. Yeah. And I think that's honestly like I, I think I um owe a lot of my career to that sort of mentality because at the same time all that was going on, you know, Instagram started becoming popular you now have coworkers following you on social media. So coworkers are now seeing the extracurricular stuff that I'm doing, as in doing photo shoots. And I think at the time I was really into uh, trying to portray the the plastic look with photography. And then I found out like, oh, that's retouching. So mm-hmm. I'm like learning retouching techniques on the side and like trying to perfect photos um, because I've already know I already have a background in graphic design, and I really knew Photoshop to a T. So then, when you start learning retouching techniques, that expands it even more. So I was Photoshop was my program back then. There was like nothing you can tell me in Photoshop. Uh, so one of the retouchers of the studio, she noticed that I was like doing all this like uh, like post work on my photos. Mm-hmm. So, so she asked if I wanted to try out for a retouching position that was opening up, and I ended up trying out for it and switching over to retouching full time in the. Um, oh wow! In the agency, yeah.
0: So that was within the same EP, uh, it was EP, EP and Co.
1: Yeah. So in studio, uh, we had a retouching team. So. All the graphic designers would need images resized for their. Um, they would need image resize. Uh, sometimes you worked with art directors and actually perfected an image. Like I, I, I recall this one project I did for like Service Bank back in the day where I had to. uh It was a golf image. They came to me with the stock image, but they wanted to change like the bunkers on it and move stuff around and like. Put trees here and move stuff there and clean it up and make it look perfect mm-hmm. like that was another task as well um i think at the time we had Denny's as well and we did a lot of retouching of food new plates had to be like like clipped out and like shadows had to be placed on for like to go on the menus and stuff like that and different ads so it was a lot of different type of retouching work besides uh, resizing images and, and, and stuff like that. So I think I, I took a really, I really grasped that as well because in my mind, I'm like, oh man, I'm like almost on the same level as like a creative director. Like I'm like, <laughs> I, I feel like more artistic, like I'm actually touching this and I'm like, Telling my mom, I'm saying, "Hey, I, I like retouch that image, but you you would never know because that's the <laughs> idea of a retouching exactly to not be seen." <laughs> your mom's like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> She's like, "Can you like like put your name in there?" I'm like, "No, mom, I cannot do that." It's not Wait. it's not how it works,
0: mom. <laughs> it's their image, not mine. <laughs> I love parents. <laughs> yeah, that's dope, man. So wow, that's crazy that you were able to just kind of progressing this ladder, you know, and also working your personal stuff outside. I mean, you were probably just busy all the time, but doing good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then I think around that time as well, I don't know how far you want me to go down that path to, like, present, to, like, move into New York, but...
0: I definitely want to get to where and how you were able to move to New York. So, yes, wherever you're going, where you're talking about now is, is relevant.
1: Okay. So... So going to retouching, that was like sort of my first major jump besides going to daytime shift as a graphic designer. Being that's considered like the full graphic designer in the agency at the time. And then I had went to retouching. So that was like my second uh, big shift. I think on the side, I was also trying to learn motion graphics. Yes. At the time, uh, that was the new thing that everybody was talking about. You were seeing it on the internet. and. Um, I just wanted to soak up as much knowledge in that program uh, after effects. And again, still shooting, still uh, shooting videos. I think at the time, by now, a lot of people in the agency, they know me as, you know, I can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's what what I'm gathering right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we had I think it was an event coming up and they needed a video shot and like edited and like made and they you know they didn't go to the production side of the company they just you know it was a group of it was like a after sh- i mean how can i explain this it was just another group that was put together and they needed a resource to shoot a video and edit it yeah. as a hype like video to show in the meaning um also sidetrack, like sort of back step. Uh We also used to have these Monday morning meetings where yeah. everybody in the agency would come together on one floor and they would literally um, introduce new hires. They would introduce what's going on for the week. And so this is how I sort of got my second opportunity I would say, I mean another opportunity to like grow within the agency. That video, that sort of introduced that special event it was like uh it was shown in front of everybody in the agency and everybody in the agency loved it i didn't realize the impact that it would have because it's going to be seen in like everybody's going to see it Mm -hmm. the the we had a small production agents company i mean a, a production hub that i didn't know was like growing at the time so Though the people down there, they had caught eyes of that, and they were like, "Wow, that was really good. Um, we would love for you to help out sometime, if possible." So, I think one of the big projects that they had me help out on one time was sort of this uh, this sort of hidden camera. Like, uh, it's like a hidden camera where they had, like, two celebrities, and they, like, surprised everybody. And so they had, like, about five people running different cameras just posted up in different areas. So I was one of the cameramen, and that was the first time I got to shoot with them. Mm. And I think I traveled for that as well. We, like, I think we shot that in North Carolina somewhere. Oh, dope. But it was, like, two NASCAR drivers, and they were getting surprised at being at, like, a little Frankie's Fun Park or something like that. (laughs) And, like, they, like... Two NASCAR drivers driving go karts against like regular people. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the cool, cool video of that. Um working with them went great. Um afterwards, fast forward, they end up asking me to come down as like a a motion graphics designer. Oh wow. No So way. yeah. So like I got better at motion graphic design and I think again at that time um I didn't know too much about motion graphic design, but I was still learning and I was uh, resizing uh, Verizon LEDs for different stadiums. What? So this was another big like thing that like we had at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, crazy. So like, like I would like the main graphic designer. He would, I mean, the main motion graphics designer. He would uh, design the animation. And then again, just like I was in studio, I would have to like uh, version them out for the different uh, cities and the different uh, stadiums that it would be played in. Um, sometimes I had to do uh, kiosk animations that would be, uh, you know, promoting the new phones and like. So then I learned a little bit of 3D motion graphics where it would be like a phone flipping in, text animation and stuff like that. So oh my God! That expanded. Um, then there was times where they needed help with editing. So like that eventually expanded. So, but I'm all within this, um, the produ- the growing production hub of the agency. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm with like, it's literally one shooter. His name was Mike Torres. And then it was another graphic designer. His name, i blanking on his name. I'm sorry, David Dodge. His name is David Dodge, and then my boss, Carl. And so, like, eventually we got brought on to shoot, like, smaller things. And, you know, it would be Mike out there shooting the content. I would be, like, the first AC of the shoot, helping grab stuff, helping with anything that's needed. And the mindset that, uh, like, our boss had brought us up on was just, like, Every everybody works. Everybody like puts, like honestly, like working alongside of my boss. Like we could never outwork him. He would be there before we got there, and oh my god, after you know, after, left, still there after we leave. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. So there was like no complaining. Like you just instantly were like, all right, it is what it is, and you just like, you just work, and it was like there was no. I don't know, it it just instilled like a great mentality of like being on set. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when you work on larger sets, like everybody has their own position, but since our set was like so small, it was just three of us, we would pack the the gear, load the gear, unload the gear, (laughs) shoot it, load the gear, like pack the gear, you know, repeat it, so. yeah, Yeah, yeah
0: that's crazy i mean i'm sure you were able to uh, really connect with your co-workers then on those jobs
1: oh yeah for Yopar sure you're were very for tight-knit
0: sure.
1: yeah See? it's amazing like this the stuff we even were capable of doing back then and like yeah just with very little budget as well so
0: dude i applaud you <laughs> on that that's amazing oh my goodness so with the skate videos and do you have those posted anywhere
1: yeah i got the skate videos um I'll I'll let the internet try to find that. Oh, (laughs) okay. Well, after this, at least tell
0: me where they are. I want to see them.
1: All right, I'll (laughs) I'll show you some other videos as well. Because one thing I had left out of this whole thing is that the reason why, another reason why I got into video besides skateboarding, is because I wanted to. You know, the craze back in the day, everybody wanted to shoot music videos. Of
0: course, of course,
1: of course. So that was a little bit of uh, me getting into figuring it out because that was like another little hustle that like people would try to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very intrigued because one of my passions and you know, I don't skateboard now, but I tried middle yeah. school, but I've always been into watching skate videos. I still do it to this day. Um, so you mentioned shooting skate videos. I was like, I have to, I've seen you skate photos, but I was like, I have to see these videos. You know, I I, I love, I can watch skate videos all day long.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, honestly, I was trying to make, I was trying to, at the time, I was trying to make uh, my skate shop pop on Instagram. Like, like, what can I do to make the skate shop pop? in so they know about the skate park of Greenville. And I was just like trying to film all the kids at the skate park. Like, so I have like all these old memories of just like, you know, we, I would do like introducing like all the team members on the on the on our YouTube. And that was a way that i found like hey like i can like sort of version these off and like make multiple ones and like film like all the different cool kids i knew skateboarding and and, like now looking back on all that stuff is just like so dope because like they're all like it's 15 years older they're like teeny tiny little kids back then but they're like killing it it's it's insane and like most of the kids they still actually skate today and everybody's super good and i'm just in awe like man i knew i knew you was gonna be good like or like man this is sick like you, you kept it kept with it
0: that is so dope man yeah. and and i always want to see how this intertwines with photography so you're at this point you're in motion graphics um so are when did you get into portraiture like when is photo was obviously on your page i mean you have an amazing body of work and a lot of good portrait work. So did that start when you were in Greenville or did that start more when you were in New York?
1: Well, uh, I think it it happened, again, like I was still bouncing around so much with everything. It happened a little bit, but at the time when it did happen, I was trying to create that plastic look. Yeah. So I was really into retouching like photos and so it, it, you know it has a different feel it has a overprocessed look to it and stuff like that. So I feel like I've also tried to do all the effects out there, you know, like the 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 HDR. Yes. Look. I've tried to do all these looks and I think at the end of the day like once you Go through all these different phases. You start wanting to shoot more uh, natural, and you you mm. start to either embrace imperfections and stuff like that. When you uh, as you grow with your photography, because there's a lot of photographers I can like, I can look at their work, and I can see exactly where they are on that path. Like it's it's almost like a path that everybody yes. like goes through. Yes. So, I would say it definitely has taken off within, like, the, like, probably, like, seven seven to eight years, like, of me just sort of, like, figuring, like, really, really figuring out and, like, getting my specific cameras that I like and uh, just dialing that in a little bit more because I want to say about six or seven, probably eight years ago, I was only shooting on probably, like an, like, an iPhone. I mean, I had, like, mm. a... I had like a night I, I had the Nikon D90 and like the the Canon 7D, but in my head that was a video camera more so because because um, I was shooting more skateboarding, and you know I would shoot photos with it from time to time, but I don't think it was really me like really thinking about skate photography too much because um, I I didn't have strobe and like. It was hard to shoot inside of a skate park because yep. you didn't have lights. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it looked grainy. It didn't look as uh, pleasing.
0: Wow. But, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, yeah. And the reason why I asked, because I mean, looking at your work, I mean, it's, you, I mean, the work tells a story, man. So I I've was always, I've always just I'm very intrigued by like how you develop your style. And you have a, such a variety of different people that you use. I mean, are these friends or just like, People you just meet on the streets. Like, how do you go around, go about getting these photos?
1: Honestly, it's a little bit of both. Um, majority of it is, it is friends because you know sometimes you can shoot them like once or t- like like sometimes you find people who are so them in front of the camera and they're they're so easy to shoot mm. and that's that's like the type of people that I love like shooting um there's some friends that i've you know um when you're i feel like when you're around a, a person for a while and you like especially walking down the street yes. let's say for instance you're walking down the street and i'm just like seeing your face in like different like lighting uh situations so um and then And then when I notice those moments, I'm just, like, more quick to, like, either grab a quick candid or say, hey, hold this shot. Uh.
0: The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. Yes. Yeah, so can. when it comes to the people you photograph, I mean, are yep. they, cause there's such a variety of people and, you know, all of it tells a story. Are they friends or are they people, you know, you to kind of meet on the street or people you meet by chance?
1: Uh, I think it's a little bit of all of that. Um, originally started coming to new york like everybody else you get you get really inspired by like street photography
0: Mm,
1: mm. and everybody sort of has that epiphany like man i can be the i can capture these great uh street photography photos like uh like like the greats have in the past so i had that same mindset at one point in my uh shooting and Honestly, like, I I thought I was, I would be, like, you know, just getting in people's faces and just, like, snapping photos, and that is not as easy as it sounds. Like, you just can't jump into somebody's face, like, and do that. (laughs) So, I didn't want, and then, like, those type of photos are, like, different. They're not, like, it's it's really amazing, those type of photos when you look at them. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. But,
1: yeah. I, I learned instantly that I was not that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you familiar with Daniel Arnold? Uh, no, I'm not.
1: Okay, he's a I'm photographer
0: not. there, and he's pretty. He works for like Vogue and stuff. But he does yeah. that. Like he, he has videos of him going people's faces. Is pop pop out, up and a flash in their face and all that. I'm like, there's no way
1: I could do that. Oh my god, that gave that gave me so much anxiety, like. Even to like snap a photo of somebody not even knowing I snapped it, but if they like looked at me like a weird way, like that would give me a lot of anxiety. So yeah, yeah, I, I quickly sort of veered away from that. So, well, I think the next step of of sort of touching that realm was me like asking somebody. Mm. So I, I sort of gained the confidence that at least ask somebody like, hey, can I shoot? Your portrait like i really like what you're wearing and nine times out of ten they're like super down but then again like once you get those photos you're like oh, it's just not the same like i just want to capture them in the moment that i saw them because they're like they, they now have a different look on their face or they're like feeling and like i applaud people who can actually get a good photo out of that as well like i think that's amazing yeah so i think it was just finding my ways and um of making that happen. And I think a lot of the things that started out was me sort of in, like, saying like, hey, can we just do a shoot one day? Like, all, and my shoots were pretty simple, honestly. It would be like, you know, we could just walk around a couple blocks and we can see what we can find. Yeah. And the lighting is perfect today. And yeah, let's just do that. And so I, I've done a lot of shoots based around that sort of premise as well. Uh, I've done a lot of shoots of my friends of just being in the moment. Mm of like a nice sunny day and seeing a nice dope mood. Um, I've done shoots where we have like sort of planned it a little bit. Like, what are you going to wear? Like, oh, I think you would be dope in this area. I've seen it over here before. Like, we should shoot in this area. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So it's... Yeah, it's been a mixture of pretty much all that, and sometimes, you know, I still feel the curse, you know, to to want to ask somebody on the street, hey, can I, I really like your look, can I take your um, portrait, but those are like, those are rare occasions these days. It just depends on how I feel, honestly. Sometimes yeah. I feel outgoing and feel like talking to people, sometimes I don't, and um, Yeah, I think a lot of things these days that excite me about photography is maybe, you know, like cool light, shadow, um, shade. Like, I sort of go back. um, This is another tangent, but you good, you good, you good. From from time to time, like I like to give myself like a reset to uh, sort of look at light properly again. I think. I think when we shoot in color sometimes, we just, mm. we get attracted to colors a lot. And when I go when I go back to black, like I always like, about the end of the year and towards towards to when I feel like my, it's sort of like my confidence boosters is, is going back to black and white photography and just start looking at shape and like contrast and what just like works with black and white because I don't know. It just it just feels like I have a better grasp on my eye. It's like retraining, like resetting my eye a little bit when I go back to like black and white. And you know, and most of the times when I go back to black and white, I'm just looking at light. I don't even really have subjects that much. So Mm, I love that. I'll just start, yeah. And I try to post those images on Instagram. They don't get that much love, but. I get the, it's uh, the opposite for me, bro. It's
0: so weird. I am pretty much mostly a black and white photographer. All the books I put out, most of the prints I do are just all black and whites. But when I do color is it's so foreign to me when I do, I do color now because I need to diversify my portfolio and I do love color, but I'm yeah. I'm not but when I put color photos, people are just like what are you doing? <laughs> this is this is not this is not what I'm used to seeing. So I definitely understand what you're saying, but kinda of reverse for me. Yeah,
1: it's so weird, like I just want to post every like i believe like if you shoot photography there's probably other different things that you you're like probably good at shooting photography as well and it's like yo don't please don't push me in a box to where i have to only post uh like a portrait or something like i just want to post a dope pair of shoes or like uh exactly a, yeah
0: and the thing is you obviously we know you should not dictate your moves on social media based on other people you should just post what you want to post and just let it be so we, we know that in our hearts but at the same time we're like <laughs> why isn't this getting love <laughs> <laughs> oh but I want to jump back a little bit because I want to also yeah. talk about how you even got to New York City obviously there is an office with the company you work for there but what, what started
1: that move or what initiated that so our agency, at the time, we had a transition in our agency, and a lot of the new creatives were in the New York office. And one of the cool people of the agency that, that works inside of our agency is uh, uh, Steve Rodriguez. And at the time, like, not many people are, I mean, if you're not familiar with Steve Rodriguez, he's, uh, he's, he was the owner of, like, Fibro Skateboards and he was a pro skater like back in the day so during that transition he like came down to the uh, south carolina office and i remember they were i think they were like sort of restructuring the office up there and he asked if i wanted to um uh, move up there to work out of that office no way and i say what i was like no way that's crazy Yeah, and I thought it was crazy as well, just for the fact that like before he even came to my agency, like I knew who he was, like uh, just from the skate industry itself, and even people down in South Carolina, we all knew about like Fabro skateboards, and because it's it's just one of the one of the biggest East Coast uh, skateboard brands. So once he asked me that, I was like, yeah, like uh," well, at the time, I had just recently uh adopted a dog
0: oh no or,
1: or rescued a dog yeah so one night i was so another thing that i used to one cool thing that i used to do in greenville that i miss uh doing a lot of times in greenville like i didn't i didn't shoot a lot of portraitures in greenville i just like walked around greenville and shot like cool photos of greenville yeah and on one of these nights i happened to be like shooting uh in this garage And I literally turn around and there's this white dog behind me. It's like a little pit bull and it startled me. And I, and I, and as soon as I jumped back, I saw it startled him as well. And I, in my mind, it clicked. I was like, oh my God, he's just a puppy. And so he was super dirty, like mangled up, like, but he, he like started, he was super, you could tell he was a super nice dog. So I think, you know, random people were walking by. They thought it was my dog. I didn't... I was like, it's not my dog. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> but everybody could see how cute he was. So I ended up leaving that situation and, like, shooting on that night. But then I ended up coming back to that same area where I had saw him. And I saw him still in the corner. And so I, I remember I, like, walked back, like, a block closer to him. And I, like, whistled him over. And he like come running towards me. And I was like, all right, well, if you're going to follow me, like I want to shoot photos of you. So I ended up was walking around Greenville, like shooting photos of this dog. And like, long story short, um, I ended up walking back to my office and, and somehow like the whole nother long story as well. But uh the pound ended up getting called on him Mm. but the next day the maintenance guy he told me he was like hey man uh you gotta because i had i think i posted those photos that night maybe i was quick back then with photo posting my god uh it was it was such like a supernatural experience or something like maybe like a maybe a day later or something but i told the story and everybody was like oh my god like that's your dog like he found you and I'm like thinking I'm like man I do want a dog and the guy he's telling me like yo man you gotta save him man he might not make it in the pound and I'm like man you're right because he's a pit bull so no oh, yeah I remember uh coming back for him and and uh and end up picking him up and I think I had him for probably about a year and a half. And before I got the news of asking me if I wanted to go to New York and oh. at the time he was just a puppy and like he, he like what I thought was what I thought was like having a dog like I never had a pet in my whole life put it like that my cousin had dogs growing up so I thought I knew what having a pets were what a dog was because he had a chill dog that yeah. just you know did nothing wasn't that energetic. He was the complete opposite of that. Like, I had to literally go on the Swamp Rabbit Trail, which is uh, this this long, like, sort of running track that extends from Greenville down to TR. And I would get pulled on my skateboard. I would have a leash on him, a harness on him. (laughs) He would literally pull me on my skateboard. Bikers would, like, go by, and he would try to catch up to them. Like, he would just race them. Oh, my God. We would literally do that for probably at least about, like, like, a couple miles or so, like, and that would be the only way I could, like, let him run his energy out. Oh, my God. And then God. Like, after that, take him home. He'll probably have, like, a couple hours of sleep, have to use the restroom, and then now he'll be in for the night. I'd be like, perfect. So I would have to, like, run him, literally, just to get his energy, because when he's, like, sitting at home and being frustrated, oh, like, he starts yeah. tearing up stuff on purpose. So... Uh. With that in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I can't take him to New York and be like 45 minutes from home and then coming back home. Because at the time, also, I lived like five minutes from home. So it was easy to come back on my lunch break or.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, so you had to give him up.
1: Yeah. And luckily, I found the best, uh, like, honestly, I tried to give him up twice. And they both came back and were like, no, he's he's too much for us. Like, he, he's too energetic. But I found this, um, one of my ex coworkers. she had heard about the posting as well. Her name is Carrie, Carrie Griffin. And she ended up coming in and and she was like, hey, we'll give him a try. And I remember the day, like, I like pulled up in my car. She also has, um, I pulled up in my car, I opened a door, Charter runs out. And she has three other dogs at the time. No, two other dogs at the time. There was a boxer and a, um, a boxer named uh, Lola and a Dachshund named uh, MJ. Yeah. And Trotter just instantly started playing with him. And I was like, oh, my God, he, he's home. This is home. This is it. He has a big yard. He has two other dogs to play with. And it's just been perfect ever since. Um they end up getting another dog as well.
0: Oh my Oreo, God.
1: And I posted a video of like them all visiting, like me visiting them again, that was super dope. Uh, but yeah, like it's been the best place for him. And like, honestly, I couldn't, like, I feel like it just, again, that one of those situations where it all worked out. Like I was just in his life to, I feel like I was in his life to transition him to that that home that's what like, he,
0: like when he's, we had go ahead
1: go ahead nah I was saying like we had like we have good memories and a good time and like I, I know he and like every time I come back to South Carolina I always like visit him and then he remembers me like still to this day
0: that's so yeah. dope bro yeah dang shout out to that man y'all both transitioned at the same exact time that's so wild
1: yeah that is crazy to think about it like that yeah
0: um, yeah Damn. So how was your how was obviously New York is a place that most people, I would say not all, but most people want to live in at some point in their (laughs) life. So were you fairly jitters? Like, were you super nervous? Like, what were your thoughts going into this kind of big move?
1: So with this big move was made, it was really put to ease because one of my close friends who worked at my agency prior to moving to New York? She, yeah, one of my best friends. She lived in New York, so when I went up there, I remember um, I was going up there to like uh, look for a new place, like a you know how crazy it is to find like a place up here. So yes. I think I had like a week to do that, and I think I crashed on her couch just to uh, try to find a place. Um, to stay and I remember I got a broker and I you know I had the the big awakening of like how small or how how expensive New York actually was so
0: <laughs> yes
1: in my head I'm like oh yeah I'll just I'll live in the city so I go to the city and I'm like she tells me like all right this is this for this much and I'm looking at this little box like yo, my stuff is not going to fit in here. Like, can you, well, can you find some place in Brooklyn? She's like, all right. She shows, like, my broker shows me another place. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is not working. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, so I started looking for stuff on the side and trying to make that happen. And uh, so I, I look at a couple other places. I'm like, all right, cool. This is like, I'm, I might come back to this one. I think my last resort or I think the last day I, before I had to leave um my friend she was like yo you need to go to my neighbor and check out her spot cuz she's trying to she's about to renovate her place oh and, and I really loved my friend's place at the time I was like yo your spot is dope it would be awesome if I could find something like yours cuz she lives in like the top floor of a brownstone
0: oh my god so,
1: so I checked out the neighbor's place which is where i currently am now and it it needed a bunch of work the floors were like bare and like she was (laughs) like oh i'm gonna fix this and that i'm like all right if you fix this this place is gonna be dope like so i I remember i had to trust her because that was like back in november and then like i think i was supposed to i was actually gonna move everything on like february um of the new year yeah. Yeah. So she ended up getting all that ready for that move and like when I came here like everything was done and I stayed two doors down from my best friend. Oh my and, god. Uh, yeah.
0: That's freaking dope, bro. Oh what? So
1: it, it it made the transition moving to New York like super easy. Uh she worked at a different agency, so yeah. I would meet her agency people vice versa like like my network expanded in that way uh and yeah just exploring New York and being like my eyes open to this place and just seeing all the joy that's up here
0: dude that's crazy man I love it I think I've been going to New York all my life because my family's in Connecticut so we used to go through New York all the time and as an adult I've been there I was at a trade show there like two or three months ago and that was chaotic but it was cool but that's such a magical place, man. I've always wanted to just live there for like a couple of years, <laughs> you know. And I'm still not necessarily putting that dream to the side. I still would like to do it, but that's amazing. And I'm sure your creative, you know, just connections have been just insane. So that's it's freaking cool.
1: Yeah, it's been a it's been a blessing, and just being like I've always felt like also being up here at the sort of the front front, forefront of all the art and like just seeing art. I, I love going to galleries and just mm. soaking that all in as well. And just, I don't know, just, again, like they say, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's dope, man. So I want to go back because obviously I want to talk about this viral Denny's thing. So did that, happen, did that happen when you were there or at Greenville?
1: Hmm. I can't remember. I think I was in New York when that happened. It was around the time that his video, um, uh, Baby Kingston, it was around the time that his video went viral on the internet. Yes. Because him and his dad, they they posted a video online and it went viral, like sort of, it might have been like around like December-ish or January-ish. But it was coming into the new years right before Father's Day, and I remember there was talk within the agency of uh, trying to get them for a video as well, and seeing if that would happen. And I think we, I think we ended up flying down to, yeah, I was in New York because I we ended up traveling down to. We met up with them in Florida mm-hmm. to like shoot that at a Denny's. So that was dope. Um, that was. That was a a one-man shoot on that one. We had a creative director, producer, and me. I had a two-camera setup, two-camera setup, and we shot them right there in the Denny's booth. And we just like let them rift for a little bit. So that was cool, like watching them rift, And like Baby Kingston, he was just like. He didn't want to do it at first <laughs> and his dad was just like trying to riff with him he's like come on son like come on do this and and i remember like we, we try to do that for probably about like uh like I, I had one camera locked off and i was manning like I, I had movement with another like close-up cam and we were just like letting them rift and just like trying to feed them different stuff or feed them different lines and the majority of that stuff they do on their own i think one direction i had for them i was i think i told um i told baby kingston to st- he was sitting down the whole time and i i told baby kingston to stand up so he could stand next to him and we got a few lines out of that and then i think he was just like mentally over it and he like reached over and like hugged his dad <laughs> and that was like it was just like the perfect moment like like he ended up that was the closing of the edit like yo so, like I, I knew as soon as we capture that i was like oh my god that's it that's you, you can't ask for that in a million years oh so
0: that's so cool we had
1: a, we had all that dope footage um on the way back to the airport and stuff like that i was i was on the plane editing all that and Making that happen, going back and forth with the Kratos and the clients and stuff like that to get that approved, and once that went out the door, it it exploded. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, dude.
1: And I think it. I think like I want to say like like all the black networks had picked it up because it was just insane. Like like Shade Room had picked it up at the time. Shade Room was like I mean Shade Room was still big. It's
0: massive, but back then it was like massive. Yeah. And like 2019. And I
1: was like, oh snap! Shade shade room. I'm like telling my coworkers they don't. I was like, y'all don't know what, Oh, shade room is the this is the thing. Like this is the biggest. This is a big deal.
0: Yeah, it's humongous. I mean, it's, it's, as far as in black culture, I mean that's like that's the almost the top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> as far as social media goes, like that's insane, yeah. bro. That'd be very rewarding to see your your content on that page, man. that's that's, that's so dope.
1: Yeah, that was, that was.
0: That's amazing, that's amazing. But no, I want to jump back to your photo work for before we close mm-hmm. it all out, because yeah, I have a few more questions, because you've done a lot more work. Obviously, you've done concerts, you've shot Afropunk, and I want to talk about that. So how'd yeah. you get into Afropunk? Uh,
1: again, like, I love going to, fe- I love music, yeah. as you can see. Um, we, um, like, I always try to make it into these type of events, and, like, I think the first year that I went, it also ends up on my birthday, so it's uh, on August twenty eighth. Um, oh, that's dope. But the first year that I went, uh, I saw everybody shooting, and I sort of opened it opened my eyes up to, you know, the content that people were able to capture out there. So I think the next year afterwards, I I looked at it as me, um, you know, I need I need to go out here and shoot this as well i need to be more prepared next year and like be more assertive and like actually trying to get these portraits and that's that's what i did um
0: Mm, yes you did uh, you did (laughs) beautiful work
1: thank you thank you yeah it was yeah everybody's so so nice there and like i don't know why i was like super nervous the years before but yeah that year i like I, i like really got into it and uh, I just had a great time and just meeting new people is, it's, it's so awesome. Like once you finally like, you, you know, you like you feel like sort of nervous about something, and then when you finally actually do it, it was nothing to be nervous about it. And then you actually gain more friendship mm-hmm. from these different people because you might have a connection and it's it's weird sometimes so it's just like always go ahead and shoot that photo like always go ahead and talk to that person like you never know what you may have in common
0: yeah 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 and definitely easier said than done but you're right man you never know what can come from uh just going out of your comfort zone just just trying things out and you did it and then the photos turned out phenomenal like i'm it's insane i'm sure you saw it, tyler and just i mean a bunch of other just insane artists there that's crazy
1: thank you,
0: thank you, of course, of course, um, and also you don't for some clothing lines and you know all like that so you your 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 portfolio is just just massive <laughs> so it's, it's really cool to see <laughs> oh my gosh so of, of all everything you shoot, what is your favorite thing to shoot I mean, from the action shots to black and white the film the portraits to the, the music stuff like what do you what do you love doing the most?
1: I think my favorite is still portraits mmm. Um, yeah, portraits would absolutely be my, my favorite because, and it's not necessarily like sort of stage portraits, it's sort of portraits in like a moment or time where, you know, you sort of have a story that goes along with it. And I think that really, uh, I think that would really, uh, what I really love about my work um looking back on those those memories because a lot of those are just like really dope memories that i can look back on and enjoy those memories
0: yeah and like a, and with you if you know when i look at your work it feels like i'm looking at a memory like i said, it, it's, it's very much so storytelling so your style was just to me is is very genuine you know and I, and I and i love that and it's really it's really awesome
1: thank you and i and i mean as you can see like i'm I'm cool with like so many different types of people like i i love like i love that i know i think I learned that a lot from my mom like she she shows love to like everybody mm. and and it's just like the way she's able to connect with just like any and everybody like I feel like I have that gift as well like she just you know it's just nothing but love and respect to everybody and and when you and when you do that like you like meet you never know who is like an interesting person until you like actually talk to them or you know you get to know somebody so that's I don't know i tr- you know you treat everybody like equal and you never know like like what inspiration you can gain from them or what knowledge you can um you can get from them or a, it's, a different viewpoint that you may have not known about that can broaden your horizons a little bit more as well
0: yeah. so
1: i just try to keep my you know i try to keep my artwork open to all people like i would love to photograph everybody
0: yeah. yeah that's dope man i mean do you ever look back at your just your portfolio work and thinking about this how in the world did i do all this like this is this is this is crazy <laughs> to think about that i've done all this amazing work
1: yeah, um, sometimes I go down memory lane sometimes, but I, I, I honestly, I shoot it for most part and I, I just, I keep going forward for, um, I, I like to just keep thinking about the new, the new stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like right now I'm getting more fascinated with, uh, I'm trying to get back in the strobe, like forcing myself to shoot sort of out of my comfort zone again. Yes. And, and and strobes is what I've, you know, I've done strobes in the past, but it's not something that I've, I would say it's like in my arsenal at all times. So now I'm, I'm sort of breaching back into that. So now my, I feel like my my photos are going to start looking a little bit more different as well. I'm going to find my my sort of feet with that in that area as well to try to shoot that more more with every photo, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's I mean yeah. see I mean it was skateboarding, you can use strobe there. I mean it's a lot of photographers do that on um skateboarding, so that would be perfect. Yes sir. Yeah.
1: And that's that's what I'm excuse me. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to I want to shoot a lot more skateboarding soon and get back into shooting in that world because that's honestly is that's where it started is skateboarding
0: exactly exactly and i, and I love that i'm thinking about you as a kid just drawing and i wonder if you were even in your wildest dreams back then think you would be in the place you are now you know what i'm saying like that's what's amazing to me about all these stories i get to hear from these creatives like you starting off as, at this point and now you're here it's is such a huge accomplishment
1: It is. And I think a lot of times, uh, I think the word I heard the most growing up is just like, just be patient. (laughs) Yeah. I still got to tell myself that to this day, like, but be patient and like stuff will fall where it falls and stuff will happen. Like, it's got to be patient and just live. Like,
0: That's love, man. That's love. Okay. What have you, what have you shot? No, what haven't you shot that you would like to shoot? Like what kind of, what type of work? Are you looking forward to shooting that you haven't done yet? Mm. You've done a lot, so this might be a hard question, a hard one to answer, but you know.
1: Uh, I think it would be dope to probably more like I think it would be awesome to shoot more like prof- like some professional sports.
0: Okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah, that's right. I didn't see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, for that would be awesome.
1: Um, back in the day before before moving to uh, before moving to New York on the side, I would also shoot video um I would be a camera op for sporting events yeah so I would camera op for like football and I would be in the the whole setup for like soccer or lacrosse as well but I never I don't think I ever really got the chance to shoot photography like on the, the the ground level mainly f- football football or basketball i think i would be a really nice like challenging uh experience as well oh, yeah
0: that'd be dope i mean i'm sure i mean even the local courts around the hood you know neighborhood that'd be kind of dope you know what i'm saying so might be yeah. a good place to start your style your style of shooting with something like that would be very beautiful actually so i hope you do that for sure yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's dope. Also, you're a Fuji shooter, so I love that. <laughs> there we go. Oh my gosh, is that the? Because you have the X100V. The there it is.
1: Oh, yeah. I want that camera. camera. So, for people that don't know, let me tell it. Let me set the record clear that my I recently changed my Instagram uh, header to the yellow button on my X100V because most of the time walking around is this is the camera that I'll have on. And a lot of the photos that I've been posting recently have been just with the X-1B. Oh
0: my gosh. That's a Fitz lens. 24 millimeter, right? Yep. Dude, that's
1: all you need. Uh, Yep. It's, it's all you need. And then the, now the epiphany, as I'm getting into strobes and I'm looking at my X-T4 and it has a, a set limit of a strobe sync at like two two hundred and fifty of a second. Yeah, and the X one hundred V has a leaf shutter, so that means like this camera can shoot. It can sync with a flash at one thousandth of a second, five hundred of a second. Like it doesn't have a a set sync speed. Are you serious? And nope. So I can't imagine like. So what that means is during the daytime when you're like uh when you're shooting outside in bright sunny daylight I can still be pretty much wide open and I can still stop down my light with my shutter speed oh. and my flash is still going to sync dude when you shoot when you only <laughs> when you're outside on a bright sunny day and your fastest sync speed is only 250 of a second you still have tons of ambient light and you're going to need like a you're going to need,
0: like, an ND. Yeah, yeah, filter. Yeah, you're more. right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm shooting with the X-T3 right now, and I do love it, but I want... My main camera is a Nikon D18. I still have a the bulky DSLR, which I, I kind of love, but I want yeah. the S 100 v so badly. I'm going to probably pull the trigger.
1: Do it, do it. Especially, no, wait till the new one comes out and then pull the trigger. Oh, it's this... Go ahead. I don't know when the new... I, I haven't heard any info on the new one, but... When a new one comes out, these sort of go down substantially lower. But I would recommend, I would very recommend the V over the F.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know what? I was trying to look at, I was trying to compare those actually. And the V seemed like it was a a little bit better option. So I'm glad you said that.
1: The V is substantially sharper. Like I had, so the T was my first camera. Yeah. My first, uh, not my first DSLR, but my first uh, compact. Uh, shooter, because I was, you know, I was coming from shooting my iPhone, and I wanted to, what's, you know, what's a little bit better than my iPhone, but you know, less bulkier than a DSLR. Boom, X1. I was seeing a, the the craze on the X100, X100S. Um, the T had ended up coming out. I got that. I love that camera. I ran that camera into the ground. <laughs> and then a lot of my friends they end up getting the F. And yeah. I got when I saw them with the F. I remember playing with their camera and I took a picture and it just it just didn't feel sharp like it was something about it that it wasn't super sharp with that camera. But then when the V came out. Oh, my God, it's like it's so sharp. God, you have to. I mean, you can, you can literally see the difference like it's, it's night and day how sharp the V is versus the F.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you might have just sold me. Sorry, people listening. I'm going through got some camera, some camera nerd shit, but I love that he shoots Fuji film because not a lot of people do. <laughs> but I'm, you know, anyways, I'm very impressed by everything you do. We'll definitely talk more. Um, Thank you for sure, for yeah. sure. And uh, obviously, I put all your links down. I still want you to see those videos. I'm not going to show. I'm not going to tell anybody where they are. Just send me the links, and I'll keep it to myself. But I'm just really want to see your skate videos. Alright, I got you. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate you. You're you're on a heck of a journey. I feel like you've got light years to go. <laughs> and it's I'm the uh, beginning. Yes, yes. And I'll be back up in New York soon enough and I will be sure to hit you. Um and maybe also bring some friends out that are there too. We can all just hang out. That'd be really fun.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Let me know, man. It's, yeah, okay. it's been a, a major pleasure being a part of this actually talking you to the first time and having such an in-depth conversation as well so i'll be looking forward to more
0: dude yes yes and keep skating skate from me <laughs> <laughs> all right bro a man. have a good night man much love all right you too peace dude, later
1: the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet we'll do smokes niggles whatever y'all need thank y'all so much have a good night